Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktena, and today we'll be investigating how to walk your spiritual path in the Akashics. Working in the Akashics isn't a mental exercise. That's one of the most common comments and questions when students start one of my classes. Is this all in my head? No. In fact, your head plays only a small role in the process. The brain receives the information you're being sent and sends information from you. In our normal lives, our brain drives the car, if you will, with the emotions and the body riding shotgun, navigating. Sometimes the body or the emotions take over the driver's seat, but we're taught to be very uncomfortable with this, or not taught how to be comfortable with it, and so we attempt to change the situation quickly. Or we hide from our thoughts and knowing and feeling of things by medicating ourselves in order to be only in our body, hence addictions and self-medication and other behaviors but I digress. Working in the Akashics requires the whole person to make the endeavor successful. To be in the Akashics, one must put the soul in the driver's seat. This is what happens when you shift into the relaxed meditative state. The mind sits in the back seat, the soul and the emotions and the body step up, and begin to work in concert, which actually balances all four the way they are meant to be. This is one of the reasons working in the Akashics is very healing, even if no revelations are forthcoming from the actual journey of the moment. Just being in this state provides profound healing on all levels. This physical life is a limited small room in which we travel for a brief amount of time. The Akashics, on the other hand, is what the room is made of, and the entirety of the rest of, well, everything. So we are not alone when we go there. We are reconnecting with a tapestry of life so vast, it's impossible for us even in our soul state to encompass all there is and what is contained within. This means we are very much not alone in our mind and not imagining all this when we enter the Akashics. We are met by others who are themselves beings with their own identities, personalities, abilities, and perspectives. Those who come forward to work with us do so of their own free will in order to support our becoming and because they like and enjoy us. For my students, when next you meet your animal guide or one of your mentors or your librarian, ask them why they are working with you and how they feel about you. I think the answers will surprise you in their depth of perception and true affection. Meanwhile, We often neglect to realize the Akashics is not there, and when we go there, 
we are actually opening ourselves here to the results of our experiences there. As above, so below. Working in the Akashics is not some movie or game or book which we are navigating through. It is not some static thing we pass through for our own purposes. The Akashics is the universe we inhabit. This is readily apparent to those who work with and within their opportunity roadmap in their soul book. If you go into your current box and walk from there to the next box, you affect your current life in this reality. If you choose to move forward in your life into the next stage, which is what this symbolizes and effects, that causes things to activate here and unfold at a rapid pace. This can be a very profound experience if the block you move into is one which is for opening yourself to your best life and your soul purpose. Like a rose or lotus opening in elapsed time, things begin rolling, revelations become reality, and what you had only hoped for someday starts to land in your lap as if thrown over the transom without warning. Be careful what you wish for and all of that. Those of my students who move out from the library and into the wider experience of the Akashic landscape who work with their guides and start exploring what is possible, often find they are working in a much more profound landscape than they have ever done before in their dreams. Most dreams are not calls to action, but informative. They tell us about our world, about our opinions and thought processes, about our fears and the interactions which are most affecting us at any given moment. They're movie lessons trying to wake us up to how we're living in this life and actions which can be taken here when we're waking. Many students interact with the Akashics in the same way. They go there and passively receive information about themselves or treat the process like a public aquarium where there are many exhibits to learn from, some can be interacted with, but with specific rules and always a bit of personal distance. It's cool to know facts about sharks, to see them swim, to touch an anemone or a sea star, but this only affects us so much. This type of event is educational entertainment, and afterwards we return to our lives enriched, but unchanged for the most part. Yet, if a student starts working with the greater Akashics and their mentors or guides, they will find the experience is not distant nor passive, and not simply informative and educational. The process is experiential, and the actions the students take there affect their lives here directly and immediately. One of the more dramatic examples of this is the ability to change barriers. Students are sometimes taken to small lakes or rivers, and their guides explain or demonstrate the journey continuing on the other side. If the student chooses to cross the body of water, they have entered into a new phase of their life, which is an awakening of their integrated nature. 
This is the same as a medicine elder of a tribe asking if the student is ready to enter into the deeper mysteries and accept the changes which this will bring about in their being. In classic symbology, the image is usually of a priest standing at the opening to a cave and asking if the student is ready to enter. In the Akashics, the option is sun-filled and light and gentle, even easy. Another way this opportunity presents is through walls. Walls which appear to separate sections of the Akashics are not actually features of the landscape, but symbolic representations of fears or barriers. Sometimes the student will fly over the area and see the barrier, but not be attracted to it or feel anything. The next time they pass the area, the barrier will be gone. In the meantime, an old thought pattern which the student has had in life may have faded away never to return, or whatever the barrier was representing will have healed. Other boundaries are more present and substantive, so occur in such a way that they can be addressed. They may appear like a wall of darkness, a fence of cloud, a gouge in the earth with no bottom, or some other symbol, which represents for the student whatever barrier is holding them back from progressing in their life. Working with the barrier is not simply symbolic, not only a psychological process, but an actual resolution to the fear in the student's physical life. Working with the barrier provides healing in all aspects of the person. A lifelong fear of falling may present as a chasm, which must be spanned. If the person is willing and able to heal this, then in attempting to get across the empty space, they will find in actuality the chasm is solid, like there's a plate of glass across the expanse. The student walks across without falling and begins to realize their fear was just that, fear. Another might have a fear of decisions and find a wall of doors. Picking one seems overwhelming, and yet they must choose. But in this case, instead of doing as they've always done or refused to do, they realize they can open all of them at once, and when all the doors swing open, each is showing the exact same landscape. No choice would have been wrong, and all were right. Many of our barriers are not self-inflicted, but are part of the becoming process. They are taught to us, or are misconceptions arrived at through logic, without access to all the facts. They are identity accreted through a lifetime of experiences, or they are bequeathed to us by our families in childhood. They come to us honestly, and looking for their origins might just be an exercise in futility, because, in the end, we may not know where they have come from. But working through them to achieve freedom and begin unfolding what is on the other side is a gift. Removing the barrier which causes us to think the Akashics are there instead of all around us, as something other instead of a part of us, 
is a first step on the path. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be discussing seven different ways to use the Akashic Library. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to rate it five stars on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.